This is episode five, and I'm pretty excited because today I'm joined by a familiar voice, uh, Peter, but also uh, my good friend, Beth. That was the... Uh, Beth, you're also a teacher. I am. It's cool to get your, um, your perspective on this. And then Peter, you're working at uh, a non-for-profit right now, but still a, a background in teaching, so always an interesting input. Uh, is there anything you guys wanted to say to kind of get us to get us started or anything? I'm thrilled to be here. Happy to be hanging out with somebody other than my students who, while I love them, never cease to tell me how much they don't love me. <laughs> <laughs> Again, also very happy to be here and hanging out with some good friends and not around a bunch of crazy ethnic people all day long. <laughs> crazy ethnic people. Not to make it racist. Yeah, it's nice, too, because the, the point of this was to not just uh, to start a podcast, but also it's a real good excuse for us to get together, uh, have a drink or two, talk about stuff, and then, yeah, just have a good time while doing it. So that's good. Because I don't know about you, but it can be pretty isolating. And I'm not sure at a non-for-profit, but it's pretty isolating. Like, I have my own room, and I, I feel like I spend most of my time in there, and I don't see anyone else, but... Um, yeah, uh, while I share an office with a bunch of other teachers, I'm hardly ever in there because when I'm not teaching, I'm planning, and I can't be planning in a room with a bunch of people. So, yeah, I, it's pretty isolating. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Um, I don't know, do you have that, Peter? In a well, I am currently the only salaried employee in my, uh, in my firm. Are they hourly? There's one hourly uh, assistant. I have uh, I have an administrative assistant, but I'm the only sal- salaried person huh. there. And since I'm sort of it, it is kind of isolating because I have to deal with everything. Yeah, yeah. You're like wearing many hats and dealing with all the stress of that. But then again, I have we share an office with the family of the trustee. Uh, <laughs> trustee on our board and so it's very invasive <laughs> very <laughs> invasive it's isolating yet very invasive so it's really weird and see that's different from school because my kids are very i think maybe all teenagers are really self-involved so they don't really care about me in terms <laughs> of being you know they're not invasive you know, mm-hmm. it's like they, they don't have time for me in their little worlds. Yeah. What do you think? Is that, is that what your experience is? I mean, it depends. There's, like, so I've, I've had a few instances where students have, like, kind of asked me, like, whether they see a picture on my desk. Um, like, I have a picture of Katie and I on my desk, and they'll ask about Aww. that. So there's, <laughs> so there, there's, like, some interest, or, like, I can have, like, some, some normal conversations, whether it's about, like, you know, stuff going on in basketball or, you know, things that they can relate to. Um it's sometimes it's hard for them to realize like oh yeah he's a person when he walks out of here like there's some students that i'm convinced uh they think i'm like a like a robot that just goes and folds up into the closet but yeah i think for the the most part it happens every so often it's nice it's like a nice little refresher every so often but it just depends you know it's really funny though a lot a lot of people that we went to school with too and a lot of teachers are are kind of self-centered in this in the fact they feel like they're out going out into the world saving the lives of kids well guess what those kids they don't really care about you i mean they they do care about you but at the same time you know students are so 
self and you know self-centered in in a way and also that they have their own lives they're dealing with so much shit you know you're just one little you know speck in in their lives and it's great when you can make a difference and you can you know help them but you know i feel like some teachers are so uh, self-centered they feel like that they can go and save all the children but you know in reality you know you're just a little speck in their life i mean do you i mean barb you're in a a, a different type of setting uh i feel like we're both in similar not officially similar but pretty similar situations do you have teachers in like i don't know Small staff, I'm assuming, right? Yes, very small staff. Okay. Do you have those kind of, I don't want to say white saviors, but I feel like sometimes that's the case in the inner city, but just like those teachers that think like, oh, all it takes is, you know, like one book or something like that, and it's going to make them turn around or like, is that realistic? Like, do you have that or what's the... I don't, but that's because I think this staff, even though we're only eight weeks or so in... Even if they any of them thought that on day one, you get immediately disabused of that notion. <laughs> it, this is not it's not an easy population to um, engage and um, there's a, but yeah, there's no savior thing going on here. You're just trying to help them and figure out a way to help them try and get through it and pass is, is what the challenge is yeah. you know. I don't know. Sometimes I think, like, it's so tempting to just say, like, let me do my fucking job. Like, good God. Don't worry. It's an explicit podcast. We're, we're good. We're oh, good. are we? Good. Good. <laughs> yes. I want to say that all the time, <laughs> both <laughs> both to the administrators and the students. <laughs> Would you just, just let me do my effing job? <laughs> there you go. So that's kind of, I guess, a good segue because I was actually at a PD, and I'm going to talk a little about the PD because it's crazy how similar teachers and adults are to you know, your typical high school or any school dynamic, you know, with your different types of students. But uh, I was asked this question at the PD and it was, well, how do you think your students see you? What do you guys, I I honestly wasn't sure. I feel like some of them think, oh, he's just the asshole that makes me do work and I can't be on my phone. But like, what do you guys think? Like, Peter, you can talk about when you're student teaching too, because I know you had like a, an interesting start. And then once you were kind of introduced to uh, the long book that really helped out but what do you guys think you know um <clears throat> you know where i student taught is a s- similar demographics as to where you're teaching now and you know i felt like my students sort of just saw me as this guy in the room who's up there talking and you know being crazy or goofy i feel like they they didn't really care about, you know, who, who was up in front of the classroom, you know, whether it was my mentor teacher or what it was me or it was my co-teacher, you know, it was just the grind for them. You know, they have so much going on in their lives, you know, they have their own little drama in their, in the hallway. (laughs) So, (laughs) you know, they, they, they come into your room and they try to bring that drama into the hallway, but you know you have to be the dominant personality in the room to yeah. stamp that out. But you know, th- I feel like they just felt, oh, it's a guy. <laughs> Did you ever have any of that drama like spill over into like a physical altercation or a fight or anything? Did you see that in student teaching at all? Or oh yeah, uh, yeah. Last time I was on here, I think I talked about it. 
Oh, a little yeah. bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So was, about the, the air dropping of the porn. Yeah. Yeah, so no, there was a girl who was air dropping pornography. And, uh, what is air dropping? I don't even know what that means. So That's on your um, iPhone, Beth, <laughs> you go and. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you could, no, you go and. Oh, it's not on here. It's like a. It used to be like, you know, you could send stuff through Bluetooth. It's like Apple's version of doing it to like a mass group of people. Oh. Um, so you're just okay. sending it over the internet or over your data. Um, they, that broke out into a fight, though? So, yeah, see, airdrop. So, oh, I've seen that. Yeah, I never know what it was. You can, that means that you can make this content available to all the people in you know, a hmm. room. Unfortunately. Uh, and so it spreads through the Wi-Fi or, or whatever, wow. the data. So wait, that, that actually turned into a physical... I don't know if I... Was, I feel like that was such a long time ago. It broke oh, out yeah. into a physical fight? So No, that did break out into a physical fight. Okay. So the girl who was suspended came back. She came back, you know, to my classroom. You know, again, she was she was a good girl. She was a she was a nice girl. She was just crazy. Mm. She had a lot of drama. She had a lot of issues. That could be a million a million a million students. Yeah. It could be, almost, could be a million. It students. could be almost all the girls in my school. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you Wait, know. Did you did you actually have to like break up? The, like, was that the expectation for you guys at that school? Or so no, I mean they didn't really specify as to what we should do during a fight, but mm. my mentor teacher would carry around a whistle. Oh, and so, yeah, that's why I suggested a whistle. <laughs> and so when a fight would break out into the hallway, he would blow the whistle as hard as he could, and it would, like, stun them for a second. He would shut the door, and then he'd call the popo. The popo. Did you have cops in, in the school at the time? Yeah, or? There, okay. there were always cops in the school. Yeah, I think we have some, too. Yeah. I never really see them until it, something breaks out. But Yeah. Have you had any any fights break out? See now, interestingly, without being too explicit, since there are many students in my school who have been in the um, juvenile justice system, the decision was made not to have any actual police officers in the school. It might instigate them more. It made it will make them feel like they're in prison or in a detention center hmm. was the theory at least that I was told but anyway but I'm amazed that there really aren't there really aren't any violent altercations in the school within the school itself and I think that's been because and and this is the administration gets really good credit for this because that's the culture is that this is a safe space and uh, for anything they've done that's failed they've been successful with that one and and that's sort of nice you know it's nice to know that i'm not going to have to worry about a fight breaking out yeah yeah it is weird though they're like so i've had to jump in a few times but there there really isn't an expectation that you have a, a nice climate it sounds like but i know like my school they're they're in a pretty big transition period so that it's not really sure, like, like, are there going to be even consequences? Like, I've seen fights and then the students back two days later, if even. Yeah. But I don't know. Oh, the, yeah, see, that's terrible. I mean, the, the, you know, and that's the other thing that I, that they make clear at my school is there are certain expellable offenses and fighting is really high on the list. I, I, th- I don't think, I mean, I think you get either suspended or expelled. I don't think there's even a, like, anything less kind of thing for fighting. Fighting is huge. Hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. Huh. yeah. At at the school where I student taught, my um, yeah, uh, you know, a lot of the teachers just said, the deans are dead, the deans are dead to me, 
because you would throw a kid out of the classroom and they would be back with no consequences hmm. or, you know, ridiculous consequences. Yeah. So, you know, it's a lo- it, it just falls on you to discipline your students and to control your classroom. And, and, and that's really hard on the teachers because you 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 can't rely upon your administration yet your administration you know relies upon you yeah, well and then they and hold you, you they hold you accountable like well and, yeah. why is this repeating in your class well i'm kind of up against the wall there's only so much i can do especially because you have anywhere from you know 150 to 200 students throughout the day so it's like jesus christ like what are we, what are we supposed to do but but no, you haven't had to jump in or anything, like even in like past schools for student teaching or anything. I mean, I, w- I had that <laughs> weirdly blessed experience of student teaching in one of Chicago's uh, uh, selective enrollment schools that pe- that, par- that parents were like bribing people to get their children. Not really, but no. So hey, the, it's possible. At, at the selective enrollment school where I student taught, um, there was not any problem with fighting because those kids had to do so many double secret backflips to get in the door yeah. that they were pretty driven. Um, that's one thing, you know, it's the good news and the bad news about what Chicago has done in terms of the uh, public schools. Those selective enrollment schools, they're, they do put out a high-quality teaching product to kids who are really engaged. So yeah, the two schools couldn't be farther from farther apart on the um, on on the educational front. But the 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 amazing similarity is neither of them have any violence, which. Uh, you know, for all of the failures that one can point to of the, my current situation, um, that's an incredible success. That hmm. and and certainly, I don't know how they do it exactly, but well, and so I think part of it. Well, what was we were talking about reading levels earlier, right? So yeah, we were talking about the high, yeah. high but we didn't talk about it on the. On, that was before we started recording. Oh, you're right. You're right. Well, so I don't know about. I think you have a pretty similar situation. Like I have kids that have anywhere from a third grade reading level all the way up to the appropriate level or yes. above. Um, has that been like a, a tough transition? Cause like you're coming from a high performing school where people are doing whatever they can to get their students in or their, reading their kids college in. Level. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's right? been a terrible transition. It's yeah. my biggest, it's my biggest daily issue because I mean, let's face it, it's history and you can you can dance all you want about content, but and you can show videos or this or that, but a lot of history content is written, and you really can't get it any other way, I don't think, and at least not that I've found. So you wind up with these kids at the third grade reading level, and they can't read this textbook. Right. So... You know, we've you know I've I've learned through a couple of reading strategies. There's this one marking the text. I don't know if you stumbled into it. Uh, I do I do a lot of talking to the text and you know using like different like making connections, asking questions, responding with your thoughts, stuff like that, uh, summarizing. But even that is a skill that I had to model it with like a doc cam for like the first two weeks. Uh, and they're still they're not quite grasping it. They're like, oh god, we have to do annotations, but they're. Right. At the same time, it's like, well, yeah, you're not getting, like, you're not making those inferences. You're just looking for details, so you're not going to get it. But right. I don't know. Well, is that kind of what you were? Yes, that's at? exactly it. And the trouble is, is that then if you do this more intensive marking the text strategy or any strategy, you're now slowing down mm-hmm. your reading. 
because okay. you know so instead of being able to i mean you know instead of high school kids being assigned maybe a five page reading you know that's uh, for a, a, that's not a huge reading but instead of that you find yourself not even getting through a two page reading mm. and pretty hard to <laughs> get much content that way yeah. huh? it's it's almost i mean you have to get through so much content yet you know you can only provide so much reading because of the reading level so it's like you have to bombard them with content before you can even get to any sort of you know doing history or reading you know uh, reading uh, strategies or reading um, uh, you know teaching reading skills so it's 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 difficult. Well, it's gotten to the point. So I, I do thematic units because chronological. Just, there's no way in hell it would ever fucking work. Uh, Wait, for which class? Uh, any of them, honestly. Uh, yeah. What are you teaching? Uh, I've got uh, civics in U.S. right now. Okay. Uh, okay. Which has its challenges. Uh, I love U.S. That's like my baby. But I wonder if that siren. Uh, I live close to the fire department. I wonder if that's going to pick up on the, uh, the audio. But um. It, yeah, it's mostly thematic, but honestly, the the thing that they really care about, and this is something we encountered when we were in grad school, is that it's mostly teaching to the skills and the standards. They don't really give a shit about the history, which I get it. Like, what are they actually going to take away from it? What did we take away? Like, we don't remember stuff from, you know, our history, whatever level. Our history, our exams. Yeah. Our oh, God. Exam. Yeah, comps. Comps were terrible. But I get it, but at the same time, it's like, well... Like ultimately, the exam. If I I mix in skill and content questions, they're gonna fail ninety nine percent of the content questions, and I can only do skill questions, and they're not there enough to actually build those skills. Yet that's what I'm fucking accountable for. Especially because all your history uh, history skills are are all reading reading right. based. Yeah, I was say look at the, the Common Core standards. They're all you know, it's <laughs> inquiry based. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, trying to prove something with the author, looking at crafting structure, comparing different sources. It gets watered down, honestly. It, it's almost like you have to use three little pigs, you know, <laughs> in, in your class. Wait, did I hear you but say But then you that, have to teach content. Did I hear you say that you have an attendance problem, too, in your school? It's it's really just your frequent flyers. Uh, there's some students that they're, they actually care. Uh, and they might still miss. That's, that's fine. Uh, it's not like I take it personally, but... There are some kids that they're at 33% or below with attendance, or they're just perpetually late. And it, it's a struggle because then they constantly come back at the end of a unit and they're like, oh, well, what did I miss? Like, oh, Jesus Christ. How am I supposed to get you caught up now? Like, it's, it's the worst. Uh, and I've, I've come to the point where, and I learned this in student teaching, where I, I give them, like, they'll get their, their work. There's always something to do each day, obviously, whether it's you know, a different assignment every day or an assignment that carries over to two or three days or a week, whatever it is. But uh, they have until the end of the unit to actually get that in. So that way they just get something for getting it in. Uh, And I'll look for accuracy, but I don't nitpick the points. But if it's like half done, I just don't give them credit for it because it, it turns into, oh, you know, good job, Johnny. You got two out of 10 things right. That's a 20%. That's just making them be okay with failure. But then the other issue is at a certain point, you have to take the points that you can get from a kid, and it's a pain in the ass. But if they're absent all the time, and then suddenly they come to you at the last you know, day of the unit when you're going to take that stuff, you get handed this pile of crap 
that's half-assed and you're like, oh shit, now I have to grade all this and somehow put it in because that's your responsibility still. But it's it's a fucking pain in the ass and I hate it. Yeah, no, that's right. I, I, I it's good to have that conversation because, yeah, that whole that whole not showing up and having to make up assignments and, you know, I've got kids who'll still who'll come to me and say, because the because the grade sheeting that they see that everyone can see, it, it has the date of the assignment. So some kids will come to me like pretty recently and say, "Hey, I missed that September twenty sixth assignment." Hmm. And it's going to be like November at that point. Or well, something. it is. I mean, well, look what it is. It's, Actually, it's yeah, October twentieth. Oh yeah. And it's like, and it's like, and then of course it's my job to like pull it out for them, and you know, it's like, oh well, it's a. Do you use file cabinets in your room, or is it all just print it when you need it? No, so um, so I actually I, I have the help of somebody a more experienced teacher, and what she got me started on was crates, and so for every yep. day, for every day in both class, both I teach uh, two different cl- classes, but more than one unit of each. I have all of the material that I use that day, and it's marked world history and the date or civics and the date. And so then when the kids come back to me, um, I just, and of course the assignments are by date, I just have to go to that date and there's extra copies in there. Right. So yeah, I, I print, and whenever I make it, well, I don't even have to print out extra, but I do print out a few extra, but the kids aren't there, so they're getting their first copy of it. So, uh, sure. But I actually like that system. It's a pretty good system. Yeah, that's kind of similar to my archives, and I mostly use it to hand back work, but it's also like each, each kid has a file folder for each class period. For With the kid's name, huh? Yeah, Oh. Okay. and so that way I can hand back work. I usually wind up, because I, I don't have enough file folders yet, and I've kind of slacked off, and most of the kids that... I could give them great comments on their assignments or whatever, or let them know, hey, you got to finish this. I'll hand it back to them. It'll be on their desk when they walk out or in the trash. And so it, it's, Ditto. Yeah, it's still work. <laughs> I remember yeah, it, hand back work. I would, hand them, I would hand back work in bunches, and my recycling bins would just be overflowing. <laughs> That's right. You took a picture of it once. I, I did. Us, and you're like, God damn it, all this time and effort, and there it goes. I had two two kids cheat on an assignment, and it wasn't a big assignment, but they yeah. wrote the exact same answer. Why I why kids, if they're going to cheat, can't change one yeah, word. Right. It's like that meme where it's like, hey, just just change it a little bit so it doesn't look like it's cheating. But they, they do it with like the Aaron Rodgers injury and like the Tony Roma injury from last year. Uh, yeah. So anyway, so I gave it back to them with that, you know, they each got no credit. And of course, one of them had copied off the other and blah, blah, blah. But then they both took it, wadded them up and threw them in the garbage and i thought okay and then i had to or i did dumpster dive and took them out because i thought well maybe they're now going to claim that i unfairly you know yeah called them out so i so i saved those but yeah you have to cover your ass yeah well and i always tell kids too if i hand you something back even if it's 100 percent and there aren't comments on it because there's not a whole lot to say keep it in case something happens with gray book or I'm human. I could hit miss a number and then give you like a 10% instead of 100% on it, but no one does it. Oh, no, my kids do, but that's partly because I have. I've handed stuff back, and for whatever reason, it didn't get in the grade book, right? Mm. And they see it, and they see it because we all see each other. You know, everyone can see their grades, and they'll come to me and say, hey, hey, Beth, you know, I handed that in. You gave me an an A on it, and I'm like. I'm assuming they, they call you by, you know, 
Miss and then insert No, well, we... That's... Oh, your school claim it as first names. <coughs> first names, yeah. Okay, interesting. It's a little strange, but I don't know, whatever. You get used I, to I it. I get it, though. I was I was teaching in a similar <coughs> setting before I had my license, and it was a first name basis because it's it's supposed to be that kind of therapeutic, you know, relationship, but um, I don't know. I'm kind of I actually would prefer the... I think there's an authority issue that they're missing, but it's not yeah. my call. Um, you know, I think I think they, their lack of respect for authority w- isn't helped by that. But yeah, absolutely. But, but anyway, yeah, they do call me by my first name. But anyway, but it's been great because that that's been a public enough display on the things that they all know. Hey, I better keep my papers because she doesn't. <laughs> she <laughs> 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 she's not that good with the computer. Yeah. Well, like. Over on my table, I don't know if you, no, you can't see it, but there's a big stack from when I did a trial last week, and I'm almost tempted to hold off on handing it back to them and waiting for the kids that actually want it, because it's like, if you're just going to throw it out, I don't want to dumpster dive, and I can use this to be like, look at some stuff I've had students create before, and I'll just do comments in the gray books. that's all they check anyways, if they even check it, but I don't know, it's a struggle. You know, I was thinking of starting to not hand everything back and just because <laughs> I, I do sort of want to. Some of the, some of these things would be were, are sort of worth keeping for yeah. archival purposes, and and I do think they don't care about them. So and you could always photocopy, but at the same time, it's like, <coughs> is that worth the effort? Um, I'm not really I'm not really sure. I don't know. I grapple with it all the time, especially in a, a difficult school setting. You should definitely save something that you may have to explain to a parent. Oh, yeah. If, yeah, they, if you know. I get blanks, I keep those. Yeah. So if they're like, why yeah. are they getting... I mark it as missing. Uh, that's the same thing as a zero in our grade book. But if they're like, well, why are they getting zeros on this? They come to school every day. And I'll just be like, well, yeah, here's what they're handing in. And actually, you do that. You did that, too. Yeah. So that's good. So I think my mentor teacher had... I think it was a Harry Wong thing. Yeah. Harry, make sure you're yeah. talking at the mic. There you go. Yeah. It was a Harry Wong thing. Um, he would have pink slips. And so... Um, he would make students turn in a pink slip if they didn't do their work. Mm. Uh, he would encourage them, even if they didn't do their work, just to turn it in with their name on it. Or even if it's partly done, just turn it in so you so you get points and so it's not a zero. And if it was just like with their name on it, he would give them one point and then he'd keep it. And then, mm. you know, at parent-teacher conferences, he has all these pink slips and all these ones with just their name on it or nothing done. And the parent comes in, why is my kid failing? And you show them, oh, well, you know, Johnny, here's all the pink slips. And here's all, uh, you know, all the work he's turned in. And so they see on the pink slip. On the pink slip, it'd be like, I didn't turn in my homework because, and there were all these just lame options. I didn't have time to, or, you know, all these just lame options. Mm -hmm. And they would be forced to pick one. Yeah, I, so, I, I think I think my kids would just throw it out and be like, "No, I'm not fucking yeah. doing this." Yeah, no, my my no. kids wouldn't do it. My kids wouldn't do it because I've asked them a few times, you know, like I've it, some worksheet and <coughs> you know, so and so isn't going to fill it out, and I'd say, "Well, just sign your name on it so that I can collect it, so that I can know that you were here that day." Although I know anyway because I have the attendance, but mm. and some of them won't sign it. Really? Really? You should just give them points for it. Just be like, "You'll get, you'll get some points." <coughs> yeah. Well, that's that whole "don't be ashamed, just give me what you do have" kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, yeah, and I'll do that. I mean, I'll I'll say, don't worry about not completing it. Just you know, do what you can do on it. Um, but you know, some kids are like, I'm not, I'm not in the mood for this. I'm not in the, I'm not in the mood for your 
S. Can, we're <laughs> oh, an explicit yeah, podcast. You can say I, it. I'm iTunes not in the mood for you because they do say that. I'm not in the mood for your shit today. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> That's how it goes. I, I even if you ever do you guys do you have um, like a student like logging type of thing where you can see the write ups at your school or like an activity feed type of thing? No. Uh, we have that, and sometimes it's it's good. That's to, fun. <laughs> in a, in like a sick way, it can be kind of fun because sometimes it, the most ridiculous shit will be in there because you have to be as explicit as possible and as detailed as possible. So if a student says like, "Oh fuck you, asshole," to some student and you log it. You have to put in student said student A said fuck you asshole to student B, which set off student like you have to actually say it. And most of the time, I think I said this on a previous episode, it doesn't make sense because they're so heated and yeah. their grammatical skills. So it, it comes out and it's like the most ridiculous shit, especially if it's like a really sweet teacher that you've never heard them swear in their life. And you read their logger and they're putting like, you know, F bombs and, you know, everything mm. else in there. Like, just, I can't like, picture uh, it. Like I'm like our friend Emily. I couldn't imagine, <laughs> you know, her saying some of that stuff. Yeah. Be See, funny. I'm trying to get both of the Emily's on uh, for an episode or two. So if they're listening to this, no pressure, but get on the podcast. Um, No pressure. Which reminds me, on the, a previous episode, and Peter, I think I, I think I texted everybody about this, but we actually, and I talked about this in my last episode uh, that Katie was on, uh, but with the Harry Wong book, we talked about it on episode two. Uh, with Peter and Danielle, and I got a package at my school. Um, and so this is a book that Peter's been talking about a lot. Uh, and I, actually, a former teacher of mine that we were Facebook friends, and like he he liked the podcast page, and uh, I didn't know that he like subscribed to it, but he had been listening in, and he sent that book to my school, addressed it to me with like a cool note, like, "Hey, uh, thought you'd like this. A lot of good, useful stuff in there." And I was like, "Holy shit!" Like I, I haven't seen him since middle school. That's awesome. It, yeah. yeah, it was a sweet, you know, text, very thoughtful yeah. thing. And uh, I actually talked to him two days ago, two or three days ago on the phone. Uh, he was like, yeah, you know, it was, it, it's great that, to see, like, what you're doing. Like, because, like, the last time we had an interaction would have been when I was, like, 12 years old or something. <laughs> and he was thinking, like, oh, yeah, he's not going to see this coming. And I was like, yeah, you're right. I definitely did not see that coming. It's, but that was kind of cool. Um, and, you know, I actually just realized we never got to the, and you can just take a guess. I guess I can uh, take a guess at mine too. But the whole thing that I, I had at that PD for how students see you, what do you mm -hmm. think would be your your best guess? So Peter, you uh, guess rather. Peter, you said that you're just the guy that's up at the front. We didn't quite get to to Beth. What do you think? Yeah, you know, I I think they would fall into two categories. Some students just see me as just some kind of, you know, like almost non-human figure. You know, they're, they're very much not connected with anything I'm saying or anything I'm doing. Um, but some students, you know, they're sort of curious and sort of um, they, want, they want me to approve of what they're doing. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, but... but really almost none of them are actually interested in me as a person which is fine mm -hmm. you know and there's a big age gap between us and they've got and there's other gaps including um ethnic gaps <coughs> but um, I, I heard from another teacher that they refer to me this is was a little bit of shock the first time i heard <laughs> as oh god Anne frank 
<laughs> oh my god. That's awful. Well, but the thing is, is I don't even think they realize how awful it is. Because they're not yeah. that literary, you know. I, I I'm not uh, sure they actually no, they, know. No, they they've never, you know. Read they don't know the Anne Frank story. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. Oh my God, that's, that's like a awful. dark turn, a real dark turn. I know. <laughs> Sorry about that. No, hey, hey, it's real stuff. It is. It is the format for classroom brew is teachers chilling, having a few drinks, and talking about the good, the bad, the. Uh, the fucked up, I guess you could put it. That would that would definitely qualify. <laughs> Absolutely. But yeah. Have you have you noticed have you gone to any PDs this year? Um yeah, we what 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 they do at my place is they have them we're captives. <laughs> I haven't been to any PDs outside my oh, school. Oh, that's right. You did mention that. And and this is sort of the weird deal of it, but and that's partly because of its alternative nature. But mm. they'll bring the PDs to you. And, um, you know, we had one we had one today that was really interesting. Um, and it was actually CPS sent over these people and they were fascinating. And it was how to deal with um, students who've been through traumatic events right. and how to be deal with trauma, trauma based things. It was interesting. Yeah. I can see that. It's tricky because you don't even realize you can set off a student at any point. Um, I've noticed, though. Had, I don't even remember what she said. I got like some sort of a blow up from a student. Uh, but after having that restorative conversation, uh, now it's like one of the most productive uh, student-teacher relationships. And that's not the first time, too. There's there's a, a male and female student that have each uh, had a blow up at like they were being disruptive or whatever. And they had some sort of a blow up with me. But then once we have the restorative conversation, now it's to a point where we have that relationship where I can just give them a look. And they're like, oh, my bad. That type of thing, which is good. Yeah, I think I, I I think that developing those one-on-one relationships is not necessarily just talking to them about great things. But yeah, I think you're right. I think sometimes it's, you know, I I, I think some of mine have been developed through my own errors, which is sort of <laughs> a funny thing. Where a couple times I said or did something that really I shouldn't have. I snapped at a student. Um, and after and I and and I went up and apologized and we had a conversation and it, and it clearly the apology was appreciated. I don't think some of these kids get apologized to very often in their life. That's true. Yeah, or even just like taking a second Touch to say, "Hey, I appreciate you. Appreciate you being here." Yeah. I don't think they get that because a lot of time it is just they need some attention. I think that was the case with the one uh, student that blew up at me. Uh, I, I th- a situation was I called on someone else and it wasn't like a you know, hierarchy of calling on, but that's how it was internalized. Mm. And so it's, it's good to know that now, um, but it's interesting how people, you know, take certain things because of whatever, whatever reasons, whatever they take into the room. Uh, do you guys want to So what do your students think about you? Oh, they're definitely, uh, there's, I hope, 65 to 75% or above uh, think I'm pretty reasonable. I hope so. They definitely hate that I make them read. Like they're like, why do I have to do this? It's like, oh yeah, I'm sorry, I'm not gonna have you just sit and be on your phones. There's definitely a few that fucking hate uh, the way that I do things because uh, and it's. I talked about you know looking at like the activity feed for like write-ups. It's definitely the frequent flyers for bad behavior, the ones that you know hate me. So I try not to internalize it too much. But hopefully they don't think. I was actually told by. 
because uh, I, I hope my students don't think I'm like stuck up or anything or you know but actually one of the security guards uh, came up to me and was talking about how he's really surprised at how like a, a first year is you know handling this neat the, the quote that he said he was like oh mr. insert last name you know what you're not white you're clear and I was like oh thank you bird I appreciate that like, I got th- I thought that was like a real nice uh, compliment because he was thinking like it's not just someone coming in and you know not relating to the kids because I think we do have a lot in common that I can bond with them over so I'll focus on that poppy excuse me on that population that's the good right did you yeah. guys want to pause to get like a, a refill Peter I'm not sure no, I'm... all right so we had to take a little break to get some refills kind of regroup uh, but we got to talking uh, there's a lot of stuff that conversation that happens in between uh, when we actually hit record on this podcast and we were kind of talking about like substitute teachers and the prep. Well, first off the fucking prep to get ready for that. And then in certain districts, nothing gets done. So you come back, you could assign the simplest student centered thing. All the sub most districts. Yeah, true. But all you have to do is literally show up to the fucking place, hand the thing to the kids, tell the kids, I will not take this after today. Still won't get done. All you need is a fucking pulse to be a substitute <laughs> teacher. Yeah, honestly, a pulse. There are some. And, there are some and, that are good, but and at least one working hand to pass out papers. Yeah, right. And and you know, mark attendance. You know. And Do you have some animosity towards subs <laughs> that you want to share with us, well, Peter? Well, I had to. Well, you know, when you're not licensed, they have you have to have someone who's licensed in your room. So right. if my uh, even though my mentor teacher was never, he was rarely, he was probably in the room <laughs> three times the whole time well, I was teaching. That's, that's different with student teaching. Yeah, with you're, student you're teaching. Getting, you don't need them in the room. Yeah. And actually you but, do. I mean, technically, legally, they're supposed to be there. Really? The whole yeah. time? Well, oh, yeah. isn't, it, isn't it just within reach if they need you, or if you need them, rather? I think they have to be in the room. We'll no, see. they're supposed to be in the yeah, room. Yeah, they have to be oh, in the room. You're not a licensed teacher. Yeah. See, I don't think because mine weren't there, but I actually appreciated it because it, it made it feel oh, more like course. it was my room. Yeah, that's what that's and that's what most teachers so usually do. Yeah, you that's know, it's kind of like the unwritten thing. Yeah. I, I still I think the rule because my field instructor said it was they just need to be readily available. So like if there's an office around the corner, that seems more. Yeah. Because they got shit to do too. So except like, part of the po- point of student teaching is to have somebody be watching you. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that that's was true. They were supposed to be yeah. like watching you to critique you to help you make you yeah. better, you know. I mean, they do still. Like they they come in every so often to because you have to do your evaluations at the end of the day, and then you have your field instructors, and then the department head comes in, and sometimes an AP or a principal will come in. But well, but anyways, with the sub stuff, we were talking about. So like, I had to take a, a day for PD and get a sub, and I came back and my room was just torn to shit, uh, including, unfortunately some graffiti because what happens is students know that there's a sub or if they find out they'll tell everybody and then if there's kids that are associated with a bad crowd they'll just go into that room and the sub doesn't have much power to do anything they don't recognize the faces they could lie and say my name is so and so and if that student's not there how are they to know because the rosters they get but uh i have to get there like an hour early the day after a sub to just clean it up and part of it is because it's not just putting desks in order papers in order collecting stuff you know, getting things back in order and figuring out what's missing, but also some graffiti, maybe even gang-related. And I think 
Beth, you had some stuff that you wanted to talk about with this, so I'll, I'm gonna I'm gonna just let you go because I I know you've got a lot, <laughs> a lot to unpack. Well, um, on the gang thing, um, that how how we got started on that was that in the, in my school there they know that there are gangs, which and, and so I was pretty naive walking in because of course I know nothing about gangs, but um. One of the early before school started little training sessions was included a list of colors that you're not supposed to wear at school because they are major gang colors. And, uh, and of course, for me, we, the sad thing was is that most of the color combinations involved the color black and <laughs> my, my favorite clothing it color. Goes with everything. Right, but um, but it but it was a it was a problem. Yes, it was it was certainly a problem. But the sub thing. Yeah, that's it's um, an interesting problem. I have actually it made me think of a sort of funny story. So I know who my students all are, but I don't necessarily know which class they're in of mine. Hmm. <laughs> I, I do that sometimes. It's, it's so human. so occasionally, it, because they like to jerk me around, a kid will come in and sit down in my class, and I'll say like. Yeah. Oh, hi, Jerry, how you doing, blah, blah, blah. And they'll sit there for five minutes, and they may even open their binder. And then <laughs> all the other kids will start laughing, and, I'll, yeah. and it'll dawn on me. And I'll say, Jerry, you're not in this class, are you? <laughs> but it has taken me at times up to, like, five minutes. <laughs> that sucks. I got some kids that will do that, yeah. Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> no, um... Oh my gosh, the subs that I dealt with, you know, when I was uh, student teaching. Oh my gosh, so just you the, were you were out for student teaching days? No, I was never out. But when my mentor teacher oh, was out, like there was a sub right, in the room because they have to be there. I got yeah, or Sorry, my co-teacher was out, and there was a sub in the room. Oh my gosh, so weird. I don't know where they find these people, <laughs> but I guess you know you come in, you make a hundred dollars a day, or you know, hundred fifty dollars a day, some other places. It's a pretty good job. They don't do anything. Yeah, right. But um, this one guy was totally misogynist and totally like sexist, awful, like making like remarks that made me feel like uncomfortable. And oh wow, it was it was really weird. And then I had another uh, um, uh, uh, sub, and she would just like break into my routine. And then throw off all my kids, and then all of a sudden, this kid be on the floor, desk flipped over, Jeez. and it was all the sub's fault. And I just look <laughs> at her and be like, "Sit down. <laughs> Let me do my thing. Yeah, don't mess with me." Wow, Jesus, shit. Yeah, I mean, I didn't have when I was at my full time. Oh, sorry, I'm not even talking to the mic. Cut that part out. Yeah, when I was at my, because we did part time and then full time student teaching. Right. Um, didn't encounter a whole lot of subs uh, for the full-time one because I had two mentor teachers, so we were pretty much covered. But, yeah, never anything that bad. But there's some real shit shows when it comes to subs. So. Yeah, I mean, when I was student teaching, the student, the, the mentor teacher would tell the sub, um, Beth's just going to do the class, and you just need to be there to, you know, make sure that it's legal or yeah. whatever. Yeah, so. that's what my mentor teacher would tell them, too. But they'd still they still get they'd in your face. They'd still get involved. <laughs> well, and actually, what was th this is way off topic, really bad segue, but I'm dying to know I can't wait any longer. What was that that fucked up story that you were saying that you were gonna tell? 
I, I didn't even. I was like, save it. I What's a fucked up story? Oh, you have more than one. <laughs> well, I mean, my whole life is just a fucked up stories. <laughs> Let's see, hear your favorite one or most recent. Well, one. you mean like my 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 funny work story? Sure, I'll take Re- it. Last is that, what, time, is last that the time one was, that you wanted? We're, we're just here for laughs. Last time it was the the shirtless guy at the the planetarium or something. The yeah, when we were going to go see the eclipse. <laughs> yeah, this guy. Oh God, Beth. <laughs> So this he just guy like died. He just like so exhaled. This this guy that was the executive director of our not for profit was just like this stereotypical Greek guy and he was just the worst. I mean, all stereotypes involving Greeks and working and coming in on time and you know, basic American interactions, this guy just didn't have. And so we're walking. So he wanted to go see the eclipse because he was a physics major. Uh, so we're walking to the eclipse to the uh, planetarium. And he says, Oh, Peter, I hope you don't mind. Uh, I'm going to take off my shirt. And I was like, okay, I, I you know, thought like, maybe please, please do, yeah. Maybe he has a, a undershirt on. Right now, my my shirt's unbuttoned because it's hot in here. Yeah. Uh, so all of a sudden, he just takes off his shirt. No, he's bare chested. <laughs> this sixty five year old man in public, no who less. dyes his hair, who die, who obviously dyes his hair. Hey, even even Joe Madden dyes his hair. He dyes it like obviously a, dyes his hair because <laughs> one day it'll be like gray, and then the next day it'll be like jet brown. Damn. So he, we're walking, and he's just walking along, taking pictures in front of the lake. He has me take pictures with his phone, and he just would put up his thumbs or something really weird, mm-hmm. you know, Nixon. So is this another story with this guy? No, he's gone now, oh, thank God. Damn it. So we have an older lady who doesn't technically work for the, our company, but she comes and helps. And she's a very nice lady. Very good, but she's, you know, Greek. So, <laughs> yes. Well, okay. Well, so, yes, nationality so yesterday, I, um, I, I was rewriting a biography of our founder. And I showed it to her, and I said, and I said in Greek, you know, hey, um, Mrs., last name, uh, you know, what do you think? I'm thinking I'm going to put a quote of... Mr. So-and-so, um, you know, right under his name. So it looks like a, you know, p- very professional biography. And she's like, oh, you know, quote, quote, no, quote. Oh, like the language barrier. Now I get it. And, and, I'm, and I'm spelling it out because I didn't know what it was in Greek. Oh. Oh, okay. So I said, this is what I said. I said, quote apoto kirio last name and she was like tinafto quote and and i said so she said what is a quote what is quote and i said you know quote she said quote and i said no no quote q u o quote why would you put a cord there? I'm picturing you yelling at some old lady. And I'm like, quote. And she's just like, huh? 
and and I I looked it up on Google Translate and I and and I and I said it in Greek and she said, "Oh, <laughs> I never heard that word before." See, you can't even trust you can't I had a a high school French teacher and we were like, "Oh, how do you say texting? What's the verb for texting?" And she she was fair do texting and fair is uh fair to, do. to do right yeah. and we were like oh that's bullshit there's no way we looked up yeah. in google translate and it actually was and we were like this is either bullshit or she's telling the truth or she got it from google translate yeah. herself but yeah but no if you remember in my big fat greek wedding the bunt cake great movie the bunt, the bunt cake exchange the bunt cake no bunt bon bon when she fixes the cake she's got the She's got the flour in it, and she's like, I fixed the bunt cake. So that was my exchange. Someone didn't know what a quote, quote was. was. Damn. That's funny. There's some English speakers that don't know what the fuck a quote is. That's that's true. Technically, it's a quotation. Quotation. Now that, yeah, you're right. That's, the word. Uh, that's why. Oh, see, now you're confusing me. Now she's going to get it wrong, just like the rest of America. Oh, uh, I'm so bad. <laughs> I'm supposed to be a teacher, right? <laughs> Yeah, well, you want to talk about PDs, um, professional development things. Today was this sort of touchy-feely one, and one of the things they were talking about was work-life balance, which I Impossible. this is as close as I get to work. This was this is a happy <laughs> moment of work-life balance <laughs> for me. I, I'm I've been terrible. I haven't been working out enough. I haven't been. I mean, I'm just barely making it through. Yeah. I get home every day at eight nine o'clock. I don't have any sort of life. Yeah. <laughs> well, and my my principal was even saying like she like went to her doctor and she they were saying like you need to eat more of this and you know just you know do it in breakfast. And she was like breakfast. When am I gonna have time to do that? And like even me like if I have a granola bar, yeah sure I'll do that on the drive. That's about it. And I've I don't even grocery shop. Sometimes uh, I'm lucky when Katie does it uh, without me. But if I don't have that stuff in the house. I'll just be hungry up until like, you know, a free period that I have or at the end of the day, uh, unless I somehow brought something, but it's brutal. And yeah, working out, I don't have like, Peter, do you have enough time to work out or? Huh. <laughs> I don't have, I don't have enough time to eat. Yeah. Or breathe. I, I, I eat at my desk at work. Yeah. You're right. Go around to the front of it. Oh, there you go. Yeah. So I eat at my, I eat at my desk at work. Lunch, maybe, sometimes. And then I get home and there's no food left. Thank God I still live at home because otherwise I just wouldn't be eating. And I just eat all the wrong kinds of food because I just don't have time. Yeah. So you have that. So, yeah, the home or the the work slash life balance struggle. But you're also isolated then, too, because like I have. Do you have your own classroom? Yeah, I have my own classroom. Okay. Yeah, so I stay in there all day, every day. And, like, we have to, like, go out into the hall to make sure stuff doesn't happen, which is good because I'm one of the able bodies that can break up a fight if needed or avoid it altogether. But other than that, I, I might not see, except for, like, a co-teacher or someone that comes in the room or, like, if I'm, you know, making copies, might not see a teacher all day. Yeah, no, that's my thing because I'll, I'll 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 get there and I have the first period is my prep period, which is actually great. I I do like that. So I'm prepping and then I've got a class and then I've got lunch, and which at our place is only like less than half an hour. So I just stay in my room and get ready for the next class. Yeah. You kind of have to. Yeah, and then two classes and you know, and then it's after that lesson planning, blah blah blah, meeting with teachers. I mean, it's yeah, no, it's. Uh, 
And then by the time I get home, I'm like too beat to do anything except walk the poor little dog. So, yeah. (laughs) How is the dog? The dog is great. The dog is great. Uh, she, I, it's, I digress, but it's pretty funny. So I, once a week I take her to like doggy daycare so that she will be around other dogs. Socialize. Socialize. <laughs> and the report is always pretty entertaining. But today's report was a classic, which they're very nice there. <laughs> the guy, I said, so how did Boo do today? And he, he said, well, she just pretty much stayed by herself during group play. Aww. I said, really? He said, yeah. I said, well, what does she do? <laughs> he said, she'll walk along the fence. <laughs> That's how we tried that when my dog Oliver, when he was a puppy, he's, he's always going to be a puppy to me. He's, he's five, five now. But when he was like one or two, we took him to, I think Petco had a puppy daycare. But he's such a people person. Like he has, he has a couple girlfriends that will walk around the block over at my parents' house. But when we were at puppy playtime, he was more interested in the people, so he was like trying to like leap up onto the fence and say hi. Couldn't give any less of a shit about the actual dogs. So I, I get it. I get yeah. it. Yeah, I yeah. So it's well, so we do doggy. Yeah. She, otherwise, yeah. I have a midday dog walker because I'm you know I leave in the morning and you know I'm there from seven to five usually. Yeah. I see that would make it so much better. Like Peter, do you have any pets? I know if I had my dog at the end of every day, it'd be way better, but. I do. I'm just yeah. gonna steal them from my parents. You, sh- you do. You yeah. should. Do you well, I mean, we have a dog. Yeah. Okay. What kind of dog? Miniature Schnauzer. Oh. Yeah. She's a yapper. Yeah. That, that's gonna happen. Yeah. yeah. She's a good dog. I like her. We rescued her. She oh. was definitely living on the streets, abused. Uh, when we first got her, she couldn't. She could not be around big men like me and my dad. No. Yeah, like you build that trust. at nighttime. Uh, she'd sleep in my parents' room, and then if I was walking up the stairs and it was dark, she'd start barking like crazy. Yeah. And then you'd turn on the light, she'd look at you, and then go back. Oh, Peter, it's you. <laughs> Why, so, I gave yeah. her, Why did I give she her that was, accent? <laughs> it's just yeah, she yeah, poor thing. Yeah, yeah. Is she all right now though? Like better? Yeah, yeah. She's. I mean, she's still nervous around men. Mm. Like my cousin is really jumpy around dogs, and uh. she just tortures him because he's like jumpy and she takes that as a threat (laughs) but actually um uh one time they were over and she's also because she was starving you know she's always just craving food she's always going after food because you know she just expects to be abandoned you know so she's always begging and so you know after he had an his initial encounter with her where you know he was jumping and she was screaming at her, barking at him hmm. we had to lock her up and then she came back down he's chowing down on some ice cream at the dining room table then all of a sudden he looks down and sees her mouth <laughs> open <laughs> down by his crotch <laughs> and he jumps up breaks my mom's dining room table chair and wow. then yeah he's jumping on the uh, armoire and Oh, it was hilarious, and my dog's going. <laughs> <laughs> well, not for your mom. She's probably pissed, like, ah, oh, not my fucking chair. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was pretty hilarious. That's how my dog always is. He'd be like, oh, I see that you have cheese. I also like cheese. <laughs> he was staring at me the whole time. What kind of dog is Oliver? He is a Cavachon, which is a, a designer breed. Oh. Uh, which is a King Charles Spaniel mixed uh, with a Bichon Frise. Um, 
it was cool. The, the We got them at like some sort of a place that just like popped up in the mall. And they had like a few breeders that had, you know, puppies. And uh, I remember we got a call. I was like home for like Thanksgiving break or something when I was in my undergrad. Uh, get a call from my mom saying, you guys should really come here. I really want this dog. And I'm like, oh boy. But we were excited. And we go there. And as soon as we see him, because he's a real, a real cutie. Like everybody, every time they see him, they're like, aw. First thing we saw when we saw him was, aw. Well, but the funny thing too is that we called my dad. Because you know you gotta get approval from everybody. Uh, he just goes there and he, he he's got his arms crossed and we're like, Dad, hold him, and he, he's just holding him. We're like, Dad, pet him, and he's just like, <laughs> like, and we're like, Oh my God, he doesn't. But we did get him anyways. And the funny thing is, my dad was hundred percent against getting Oliver, but apparently, like a few weeks after, he got excited and he like this is before we had the electric fence. And he, like, bolted. And he made it pretty far with some busy roads, like, dangerous stuff. And my dad had to go and run after him and get him. And apparently a car stopped, and they, they corralled him, and then they got him. And my mom, she swears, and, and this is why they're best friends now, uh, Oliver and my dad. Because my dad, and he's a big guy, you know, you know not, not, like, stoic, but, you know, he's, he's got everything in check. And he's sobbing, carrying Oliver, this little puppy, because he was, like, worried that something was going to happen to him. So it was... It's kind of like in those movies, like Beethoven or something. It takes some sort of event to really create that bond. And mm-hmm. yeah, he's a, he's a softy dog. It's hard not to like if you start yelling at him, you just look dumb yelling at a cute a cute dog or something. It's still gonna happen, but you just it, it's not a good look. Mm. No, <laughs> but yeah. No. What was the other? We got into dogs. That's sort of pretty far <laughs> far afield from what we're supposed to be talking about. Yeah, it's gonna happen. It's yeah. mostly tangential rants and stuff. Yeah. So do you have, whether it was in student teaching or uh, right now, any, like, what the hell is this moments that you want to that you wanna share? These are, like, the most popular. Everyone's just like, oh, we love the moments that you guys um, talk about, you know, like the, the weird shit. Because most of the time it's like, well, what's your classroom strategy? And this is, I think, a very grounded and realistic, uh, you know, podcast where we can talk about the actual stuff that happens but do you guys have anything that you're like dying to recall or i'm so tired i can't even think. i know we're doing this on a friday and it's just like oh my god the entire well, week you know one one issue of in my school is there's some bad language that floats around a lot <laughs> and oh. usually it doesn't float in my direction exactly and i just let i just let them do their thing but this one young man i he he looked at me one day and i think i had asked him to open his his notebook and he said you effing bitch <laughs> and i thought that was sort of a reportable offense you know we we have this like form we fill out so i filled out this form and um he's a nice kid and the dean decided we should have a meeting with the kid the mom me and the dean okay so we go to this meeting and first time asked to say what happened, and I say what happened. And I should say that after he said that to me, the whole room went quiet. So, and you know, Did it n- not even like a, oh. No, it was like, because, <laughs> you know. So anyway, so I say what happened. And so the kid looks at me, and he says in front of his mother and the dean, I wasn't calling you a bitch. I was calling my friend, I'll just say, you know, Joe. Joe a, a fucking bitch. And I said, I said, okay, well, you know, I'm not here to call you a liar. You know, that's not, 
you know. And then mom appropriately says, it doesn't matter. You shouldn't be using language like that in, yes. Beth, in Beth's classroom. So fine. We sort of all had this kumbaya moment or it's not <laughs> going to happen again, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I'm sure, yeah. So then <laughs> we go along. And last week, we <laughs> were the dean who was in this meeting is in my classroom and he just sort of stopped by to say whatever. And <laughs> this young man once again calls me a bitch. But this time he has done it in front of the dean. Right. Got <laughs> like, not this time, I swear to God. I actually got you. And I looked at the dean and I said, <laughs> and it was just sort of a funny moment that this kid didn't have the savvy to realize that you know, he yeah. got away with it the first time. Like, read the room, man. Like, come on. <laughs> like, what did the dean do? Did it, did dean the dean got really angry at the kid. And I, I wasn't yeah. in. I think he wrote him up or did something. I wasn't involved because the dean was there for that one. I didn't have to be involved in that. Or, but, yeah. you know, my feeling on this language thing is, is that, of course, it's all bad. And, of course, they shouldn't be doing it. But if you, if I start worrying about, if I start spending all my time worrying about their language i'm never gonna get any teaching done yeah it's gotten to a point where i'll just be like watch the language guys like oh, right. come on or like just hey be respectful act like a high schooler middle schooler whatever grade they're in well and especially like if it's like a racial term like the n-word it's like oh well, we're taking it back or if it's like like girls will be like oh what's up and they'll use the b word for each other for their friends at the same time it's like the, the way i'll phrase it is be like okay well you might be like reclaiming it or using it with your friends or it's not that big a deal but the minute someone uses it that you think oh they shouldn't be using that at me you're gonna get pissed stay away from it find something else like we're, we're swearing on this but we're not using it at each other it's just you know i you know and i actually gave them all a little lecture one day about how you know they're going to be in society and they can't if if this is part of their regular language there, you know, we all talk about, or at least I've learned about this whole idea of code switching. But these mm. kids aren't going to be able to code switch. They're going to be they're going to be calling somebody they shouldn't uh, the b word. Yeah, you yeah. know, and and uh, they just shouldn't be doing it. You know, and part of it's because that's all they've ever heard at home. But it's still, it's not a good look. Yeah, but it's funny look. because those parents, like the parent in your situation, will come back and be like, "What kind of language are you using?" In in class, you know not to be using this kind of language. <laughs> Just kind of you know, but but then again, they hear you know they hear it all the time, at, you know, in in halls and yes. you know it, it's the halls are just like a cesspool <laughs> of decrepit <laughs> awfulness. But yeah. I actually think part of my job is to let them know sort of how to behave in in the non hallway world. Exactly. And, and, you know, in one way is I, w I would tell them too. I would tell them, you know, I understand, you know, that this is, you know, the, you know, you're going out into the world and this is not a fair world. You know, it, it, there is systematic racism, mm -hmm. you know, there is, you know, it is pitted against you, but you have to learn how to work within that world in order to change it. Yeah. In order oh. to take advantage of it. See, there's I even I have these conversations in some of my classes, and they're like, "Well, I don't give a shit about this class, but we talk about stuff like that." And it's like, like considered Martin Luther King. He was what, early slash mid twenties when he was 
leading his branch of the civil rights movement, they somehow still don't care. It could even be something that, like, let's say their friend or themselves or a family member shot and killed or shot and injured or whatever. They could do a unit on police brutality uh, or systemic racism. Somehow it's still just because it's school. All they want to do is watch a video or uh, they don't even want to do a discussion about it or reflect on it. I, I don't know. It's just... Yeah, it's incredible. You'd think the stuff that they'd be interested in, yeah. and they're not. Yeah, it's, it's unbelievable. Like, you know, I think it's funny because some of these schools, too, are like, oh, let's focus on, you know, let's have an Afrocentric curriculum. Mm-hmm. And, well, guess what? That's great and all, but the kids don't care yeah. at all. Yeah, that's the word. Which is crazy because there's, there's such good stuff in there. Like, come on. Like, well, you know, it's just an interesting perspective doing, you know, rather an, a Eurocentric curriculum. You, you, you do an Afrocentric curriculum. What would that look like? That's, that's yeah. interesting. Yeah. Well, that's interesting to us, these people who are interested yeah. in history and interested in education. But to them, they don't give a fuck. Yeah, it's just I more, don't give a fuck. It's just more work that they have to do. And, but I'm also, I was guilty of it too in, in college. There was a, a Cold War class and I was thinking, oh, is it going to be all about spies and stuff? But at the same time, they're just not engaging with it at all, no matter what the fuck you do. No, I, I, I couldn't agree more. And and one of the problems I have right now is that there's this expectation from the administration that if we just came up with more engaging lessons, that they mm. would be engaged. And I... You know, unless I'm going to teach about, you know, something that has nothing to do with history um, or nothing to do with civics, they're not in there. I, I can't get them. I can't get them. Do yeah. they tell you what those engaging items are? You know, wh- oh, no, what's going definitely. to engage? No, because I should know that I'm the history teacher. You know, I'm I'm you know, they're the, just the administrator. That's that's what I should know. I should be able to figure out. Well, is all your admin actually education focused or cause some of them? They're more like leadership and education. Like they might not have the teaching background. It's more common than I realized initially. Do you know? Yeah, or? I mean, my administrators are teachers, but not history teachers. So they were teachers, not recently. They were teachers, um, and not necessarily with this population. Right. Uh, yeah, you know, who knows? But then, what is the answer? How do you know? What I do you do? Yeah. What do you do? It's hard. Yeah. You know, one thing that I found when I was when I was teaching when I was teaching content, and I took this from my mentor teacher too. It was always trying your best to bring it back to their lives, like comparing a story to their lives. So you know what was would would really get them interested? Some stupid drama shit, because they all like watching Maury and all that, all all those kind of. Yeah. You know, and so when you start talking about Peter the Great or, you know, Ivan the Terrible and, and, you know, his family drama, they get, they get really into it. And when you're like, and he killed his son, you know, they all get in, you know, because they can relate to that because that's the type of TV that they watch or whatever, you know, and yeah, it's, it's hard. It's hard. Yeah. Do you guys have any, um, like your and the reason I'm bringing this up is because I've seen this dynamic in professional development with adults and teachers. Do you guys have any, like, brown-nosed students or anything, like the ones that are, they just seek, like, approval and they'll do anything to get, you know, as many points as possible? Do you, do you see that, or is it mostly the disengaged kids? 
Well, m- my problem is not, th- it's, it's a little different. I've got some attention-seeking kids. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's more common than you. Yeah. yeah. Oh, is it? Okay. Oh, yeah. And so that's a problem because they're not that interested in learning this stuff either, but they're interested in attention. So they can sometimes cover for making it look like they're interested in content, but it's a well, thing. And you know the main reason they go to school every day. Exactly. It's yeah. to socialize. It's yeah. to socialize. Well, and there's even some that there's a lot of you get a lot of social stock in telling a teacher, Hey, fuck you, I don't care because then they say like, Oh, you got him like, oh, roasted him. Got him. Uh which sucks. But that's why they're there. Well, the reason I ask about like brown nosers and stuff is because at this recent PD, and it's not one PD in particular, but I, I noticed it especially, and I made a note of it to be like, oh, maybe I should talk about this in the podcast. There's this one, this one. I don't know if it was an administrator or a teacher in particular, that just constantly had to like throw something in because they liked the sound of their own voice, basically. So like, we were doing something related to you know, avoiding your own bias or interpretation into something because it might be wrong because you're not familiar with the intentions or the culture or whatever. And this guy just decided, well, well what, if I, what if we just spend it, you know, 180? I don't even remember what he suggested. And I was like, oh, Jesus, now you just want the conversation to go. Instead of 20 minutes, you want it to go 25 minutes. Like, it's just like, good job. Good for you. Like, brown nosing. Do you guys, because you do yeah. PDs in your school, do you right, see that so, same dynamic? Yeah, well, what I get, what we get is brown nosing to the administrators. So they'll comment in the PD about something great that one or another of the administrators is doing, a teacher will. And I'll think, really? We got it. <laughs> we, we <gotta, laughs> we're wasting valuable time on this, <laughs> you know, because you want to publicly praise the administration because it makes you look like such a loyal soldier. Um, yeah, th- yeah, that's what you're talking about, right? Sure, or, or a variation on that theme. Yeah. yeah. yeah it's all but, you know, I've never been a brown noser, you know, maybe one of my faults. And so. You know, it's like mm. that's true, Bar- that's true, <laughs> Beth. You really, I've never you really tell it how it is, I do. <laughs> which I like about you. <laughs> which reminds so, as far as I don't think I'm a cynical person, but what I have been doing in certain episodes is taking a look at good old Betsy DeVos, the white whale of mm. education. Can we not talk about her. <laughs> She's ah! that wench. Well, do you, <laughs> did you say that wench? I did. That's awesome. No, like, uh, do you remember the when the parents wouldn't allow her into the school? That was pretty funny. Yeah, that was awesome. Like, good for them though. The community stepping up. They're like, what's what is she up to? I'm gonna look it up. What's yeah, she been up to recently? I haven't heard about her lately. Yeah, it's probably yeah. Good. She's been pretty quiet on on that front, cutting the budget of the education department. Yeah, right. Well, in the whole thing with student loans. Um, she has no idea about education. Yeah, no, none at all. So oh, wealthy, her, privileged. Her husband's name is Dick. Perfect. <laughs> Dick DeVos. <laughs> this is exactly what I would have pictured. Um, <laughs> well, we got to cut that part. <laughs> which, one's, which one's Title IX? Title IX is what um, gave women the right to um, have sports. Title IX is the sports that's, one. That's what I thought. It must it, it must have expanded. Title IX is the. I thought Title IX is the, the one that we all get that you have to do the Title IX training. Well, yeah, because this one is this is uh, DeVos's ti- change to Title IX guidance on sexual assault 
uh, investigations prompts suit because she's basically saying, oh, it's it's too general. The, essentially, what her actions are doing is it's protecting people. Well, she thinks protecting people from like false allegations for like the quote unquote smallest thing. But what's really happening is she's kind of forcing people that are victims of sexual assault or you know harassment back into the closet. Yeah, that's too bad. Yeah, well, the you know the interesting you know of course sidelight. This is not related at all, but that Harvey Weinstein thing. Um, I I don't know if you've had anyone on Facebook who you've you're oh, friends the with. Oh, me, me too. The hashtag me too. But yeah. a couple people I know and um, that I had no idea. So, you know, I think that's one of those things where it's. Do you know what that is? We're talking about Peter. That yeah. Yeah. Okay. So um, yeah, it was like you, you know you you don't think about how widespread it is and yeah. um. Yes. It's sad. It's very sad. But is the Me Too referring to sexual assault or just like yeah referring to I think harassment. W- harassment. 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 Yeah. Right. Oh, no, I wouldn't be surprised if it's every woman. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I if it's any consolation or whatever, I don't think I've ever been sexually harassed. But, it, but it's well, like, good. you know, yeah. are you just I mean, so, I are actually, you so used to it, well, though, you know, getting degrading comments that, you know, you don't even think of it? And that yeah. actually, I actually had that sort of thought process. I sort of, when this first thing came out, the hashtag me too, I thought, wait. Am I living in a bubble? Have I, or have I, have I either just been ignoring sexual harassment, or have I really not been subjected to it? But I, I have to say, I really don't think I've been subjected to it. And so I suppose it's partly a definitional thing. Have guys made weird comments to me? Yeah, probably. But does that constitute sexual harassment? It hasn't for me. Yeah, yeah. and I mean, with your previous work background. You would get into the legal, you know, the the, yeah, the definition true. of it, right? Yeah. And and that's my question too. Where's where's that line? Yeah. You know, it's it, it's it's funny. And I mean, I I always, you know, I was raised in an ethnic family, so treating women is, you know, if if I treat, I have you know, bigger bigger worries than you know, the police. <laughs> Yeah. Than the police. I got my grandma. I got yeah, right. my dad. She, you know. Kick your ass. Like, yeah. You're like, yeah. Yeah. I know. No. I mean, that's true. I mean, you people who are self-identifying with the hashtag Me Too. Yeah, they're self-identifying. So we don't know whether they're meeting any legal standard exactly. for sexual harassment. Yeah. But the number of women who feel like they've been sexually harassed is is also is just telling because you know if you feel like you have been then we need to we do need to have a national conversation about it because yeah. you know we shouldn't have this many women feeling this well, way yeah. here's my question too cuz uh, Weinstein was kicked out of the academy right the yes oh, all sorts oh, of yeah. things <laughs> why the fuck is bill cosby still in the academy how like anyone that has done like why are they still shouldn't he be out too like he, is he in jail? I don't even know. No, he's still in court. Uh, but still, like, Harvey Weinstein isn't in jail, but, like, it's no. all out. It's all out on Bill Cosby. Shouldn't he be out, too? Or, like, who's someone else that was... Well, I think with Weinstein, it's more... There, there's more evidence, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, there's, there's, there's a ton like, of evidence coming out, and actually, I think he's going to be charged with some crime or another. Bla- I think there's, like, blatant yeah. ev- evidence where yeah. with, with Cosby, it's, you know, more strange yeah plus 
you also have to realize that Cosby was such a public figure in a positive way, whereas Harvey Weinstein, yeah, Harvey Weinstein was just a mover and a shit, not just, but he was a huge mover and shaker, but he was a mover and shaker and very successful in his industry, but not well known outside the industry. I mean, I certainly didn't know the name Harvey Weinstein before this all came up. I don't know why I knew the name. I just didn't know. Is it like a Weinstein and Company thing? Or yeah, I, I think it's, there's two it. brothers. I think it's Weinstein and Company. Yeah, like, but that's but a lot of people knew too. Oh yeah, a lot oh, of people had to know. Yeah, they were a lot of people have come out and said we knew. Yeah, yeah, definitely they did. Yeah. Which sucks, but at the same time they're probably scared for their own career because he could he could derail your career if you fucking wanted to. But yeah, I mean he had a huge amount of power. So yeah. I don't know. Is there anything you guys wanted to like? I feel like we're talking about deep topics like the whole me too thing which is good because we're having people come forward and open those conversations but is there like an uplifting thing uh that you have in my principal ask sometimes like uh what's uh, name a student that made you smile explain what happened do you do you have anything like that well, it's it's not necessarily a positive one, but this one young woman, it is pretty funny the way she does it. Every day she walks into my class, and she's, she's cute as a button, but she'll walk in and she'll say to me, Beth, I'm not, I, I can't deal with it today. Just, just don't, don't. <laughs> don't push the buttons. Don't, don't push, push the buttons. <laughs> I, I literally have not even said, managed to say hello to her yet, and she's like, just don't get in my face. I, I can't do it, but it's every day. Yeah, right. <laughs> Jesus. That's awesome. Um, that one student that I wanted to basically blocking me when I was trying to go through a map, and she's like, can you all see me? And I'm like, well, yeah, that's the problem. They shouldn't sit the fuck down. But, uh, <laughs> sit the fuck down. <laughs> I wanted to say so bad, but it's so disrespectful, so I didn't do it. Uh, uplifting stuff. Well, there was, I unfortunately had to, you know, I've had to break up a few fights. Uh, and there was one student that he saw it. I didn't have him till later in the period. And he tried to like make some sort of like levity joke about like, yeah, it was, you know, the weekend. Everyone's just that excited. Uh, but it was nice because, uh, a, a few students came up to me and were like, are you okay? And that was, that was pretty uplifting. Cause it's kind of, we were talking earlier, like, how do your students see you? Like, do they actually care about you? That was a that was a good a good feeling. That is, so. yeah, that is absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, that's that's a good one. Yeah, I guess to kind of round things out, do you, is it safe to say if I provide booze again, would you guys potentially come back for another episode of Classroom Brew? Absolutely, I would absolutely come back. I enjoyed this immense, immensely. The it's one thing good. I think we talked about offline, but I'm willing to more than willing to talk about it online is. <laughs> You know, I I don't feel camaraderie, w- and maybe I'll develop it in mm. my school among the teachers. There's a little too much animosity between yeah. you know, going on, and uh, I miss you guys, and uh, <laughs> and I miss the camaraderie. <laughs> yeah. well, that's why we got to get other people from our our cohort on. That would be good. Absolutely, I'll absolutely. You, I'll tell you a quick shortcut. If you if you are involved with a group that breaks up a fight. You get real close real fast, and you get that camaraderie. It's kind of like a, like a, a nice little group you can create there. Well, there you go. There's yeah. a there's a positive it's spin on, on the fights, right? It's a silver lining. There yeah. it is. There it is. Yeah, there you go. All right. Well, All right. this was uh, episode five of Classroom Brew. Uh, you can now check out Classroom Brew on iTunes and the podcast app. We've been in there for a little while. Uh, but recently, uh, and it should be by the time this episode comes out, it should be all up and running. Uh, but we are now in Google Play. So if you want to check that out, we've also got a YouTube page. Just search Classroom Brew. We've got 
uh, a couple previews of some episodes. Uh, I'm having some difficulty with getting stuff on there because converting these to MP4s to make it on there. But if you want to check it out on YouTube, Google Play, iTunes, for sure the podcast app. There is an application that links Android phones up to the podcast app. Please make sure that you also rate and review, subscribe, tell people about it, anything like that. It all helps trying to get into a new and noteworthy or just have it take off in some way as things can grow and other people can enjoy it. Maybe it'll help someone, you know, get through their their first year or whatever. So this was episode five. Thanks for listening. And you will hear me, not see me. You will hear me next time. It was great. Great fun. Bye-bye. Bye. <laughs> Thanks for being on, guys. <laughs>